It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friends. It is Angie. We've got our uh, good news gals here, authors, speakers, business people. Michelle Betts is here. Hello. Also, uh, Jennifer Bishop and Monique Davis. Welcome, guys. Gals. You're welcome. All right, so I've got a, a good news story that I want to start with here in a minute about a, a teen with Down syndrome inspiring the basketball team. And then I wanted to talk to um, Michelle. I got a chance to talk to your uh, daughter the other day, and I just want to say it was so cool when she was raving about you and her dad and how well the two of you get along. I just Why thought that was so. No, I just thought that was she so does neat. that, Michelle. No, I mean how cool is that to have a teenager, a young teenager, talking about how great her parents get along? You oh, that's know, fantastic! And how, yeah. yeah, yeah, I. You know, it's funny. People, friends and relatives are always like, uh, is there something going on? Uh, but I'm like, nothing's going on. I I do love my ex-husband. He's a good man. He's yeah. a good person. And, and he's you, a great dad. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. And, you, yeah. and you, the two of you get along so well. But I just think it's neat to talk to, you know, a kid talking about her divorced parents and what good friends they are, how well they get along. And she goes, and I, I, I'm so happy about that. Oh, that's said. really sweet. Yeah, I know. That's really They're neat. They're very lucky because with all the stuff they forget between going back and forth to houses, if we didn't get along, they just wouldn't have any clothes. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. (laughs) All right. uh, Speaking of teens, uh, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, uh, kids who are getting in trouble or, you know, millennials or this, that, and the other. And Jen, Jennifer Bishop, you found this story. So give us kind of the lowdown on this story. So anytime, you know, you find these teenagers and they're doing great things, it's, it just, raises me and I you know having a teenager myself almost not 20 this year this coming year but um this kid you know he he's a, he has down syndrome and he really is the star of the basketball team and even though he doesn't play the, when when you hear the clip you're going to hear the emotion in these other players voices of how much this team member means to them and it just you know god uses us in all different ways you don't have to be on the team being the star to be the star so that was my big takeaway from this and i just i just loved how how you just never know where encouragement is going to come from finally tonight america strong and the teenager who is feeling the love from his entire town you'll understand why Meet James Meyergert from West Point, Nebraska. He has Down syndrome, and for as long as he and his family can remember, he has loved basketball. So much so that his West Point Beamer High School basketball team, the Cadets, has made him an honorary member. There he is in the official team photo, proudly wearing his uniform, often practicing with the team, dribbling, passing, shooting. It's up. It's good. So came as no surprise on game day during halftime, James wanted to show his home crowd 
his new shot. He'd been practicing it for weeks. His back to the basket from half court. The crowd roars, celebrating with his best friend Manny. And from another angle, just as good. A community on its feet. Tonight, the whole team sending us a message. James has been an inspiration to everybody on this team in our community. And uh, growing up, I couldn't imagine basketball without him. He brings the team together. He's awesome to watch. He really is the heart and soul of this basketball team. And tonight, the heart and soul of that team surrounded, still celebrating. We love that message today. We're cheering for you too, James. Come on. Uh, and, and it said that because he made this amazing uh, shot from the middle of the court that he won some contest or no the harlem globetrotters it, contacted him and wanted to be part of the aww. show isn't that sweet that is so sweet <laughs> our son was never a basketball player so we don't understand those things but you know you guys with basketball players <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm pretty sure the globetrotters are still undefeated too i would imagine so i, I remember harlem globetrotters back when i was a young girl and oh yeah they, they still were. play the Knights every single show. They play they the, New, the New York Knights, and the Knights always lose, and the Globetrotters always win. There you go. Oh, how cute. What a fun story. <laughs> yes, that was like, it made my day. I just, I keep talking about, you know, we keep needing to rise up our young people, and there's some real, really some major things going on out there in this world. I know um, our son, he's a Marine Reservist, and we got a call a Saturday before last, and one of the kids in his 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 drill unit um, got called to the hospital because there was a, um, a gunshot wound to the head. And so, you know, these are the real things that that our teenagers are facing and our young people are facing. So, anytime we can have a positive story and good things that's happening, I'm like, go for it. Let's hear. Let's hear about it, and let's you know keep rising. I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. You know what? As actually, I was thinking about this last week. So I watched the new Planet Earth yes. movie, right? This beautiful documentary about. Anyway, there's this part with these baby iguanas, and they have to run away from all these snakes. It's a real kind of a famous thing, and all the snakes are coming out. There's thousands of these things, and it's really scary. But if you get past these rocks. The iguanas have this like easy life on the beach or whatever. But I was watching this and I was thinking about my sons and about all the things and just kids in general. And every one of those snakes is like something else coming after our kids. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of things coming after you. And then you just got to make it. And you got to get past all of that and have faith that you got to get to the top of that mountain. And I was just watching this like all these things that could happen and is each one of these snakes. And I, I think that kind of goes along with what you were saying just now. It's like, there's so many things that everyone has to dodge and kids have it kind of hard as social media pressure, uh, just mm -hmm. sickness, just, uh, you know, bullies, just, and then all the actually super crazy things out there that we always are warning people about on the show. And I just thought that was a really weird, uh, parallel that I was making like watching my sons I got all teary-eyed because I was being one of those like overly emotional dads <laughs> looking at my it. son watching these iguanas right Aww. and I was just like you know I imagined every one of them is drugs and alcohol and bullies and social media pressure and all this other stuff girls and whatever 
And I was just like, oh, man, that's a really weird parallel that I just made. But you kind of said it the same way. No, absolutely. I've seen that video and I can actually I can see exactly how you made that parallel right there. Mm -hmm. It's very good. You know, I'm always questioning my kids in the car like, you know, um, you know, how how's everything going? You know, how was today? <laughs> me you know, too. And then, yeah, you know, try, trying <laughs> to find out. Why are you out. interviewing me, Mom? And, it, and it's Let's funny, too, it. when my son says someone said something about him. He had something on his lip. And so the kids were teasing him, saying that he had herpes. Oh, gosh. And so uh, I said, well, do you want, you know, so I got him something at the inner pharmacy or whatever to put on his lip. And, uh, and then I said, well, do you want a Band-Aid or something to uh, cover it up so kids can't see it? He goes, I don't care what they say. Oh, good and for him. And I was him. like so glad. But I think that, you know, as parents, if we provide an environment at home where, you know, they can come and they're loved and they're accepted. And our kids are so lucky because they are so loved. And yeah. there are a lot of kids at school that aren't. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have, I mean, that, that environment at home where they have that love and acceptance. And uh, I think that we really have to make sure our kids are sensitive to those kids that don't you know, have that because a lot of kids don't have the support at home that our kids have. Oh, right. Absolutely. Sadly. Uh, when, yeah. when our son called on Saturday, he, I mean, he was crying saying he needed a ride to the hospital that one of, you know, he just found out one of the kids had a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Mm. And thank God he called us, you know, and I kept him on the phone. We were, we were at a surprise birthday party. We got in the car. I started driving towards him and I was keeping him on the phone and, and he, and I said, Chris, we're going to keep you on the phone. And he's like, mom, I'm not going to shoot myself. And, and so I was just like, you know, buddy, I'm going to keep you on the phone and it's okay. And so we, we talked to him the whole way there and it just, there's, you know, the devil is out there in, mm -hmm. in many forms and many ways. And like you said, he always tells us how blessed he is that he has two loving parents. And, you know, Michelle, like Angie was just saying, how great that you and your ex-husband have such a great relationship because not all people do that get divorced. And right. that's, that's work and on both of you. we have got to stop taking our um, anger at someone else out on our children. Right. I mean, yes. my, uh, my brother had a divorce in which she yes. really did try to punish the children, as you know, through mm -hmm. uh, my, my brother and punish him. And guess who doesn't uh, get spoken to anymore? No. His ex-wife, wow. because she controlled them when they were younger. And one of the meanest examples that I can give you is he had called and said, you know, I'm uh, delayed at work. I won't be able to pick them up for our summer, you know, three-week vacation that we always took together as a big family in Maine. And he would pick them up um, at a Burger King because they wouldn't meet at the house. They'd meet in the middle. She um, was emailed. There's only She set up a special email because she would not allow him to call. It could only be in this email so she could control that she'd be the only one that saw it, right? Mm -hmm. And so anyway, she drove there anyway and made the kids wait for three hours in the parking lot knowing that he wasn't coming so she could let them know that he didn't love them. And then another time she uh, let the um, voicemail continue when she thought she'd hung up. And we heard her talking about my uh, brother on the voicemail, what oh she was saying gosh. to the kids and how she was indoctrinating them. And now that they know the truth, like when I got married, I'm very close to the kids. She tried to keep them from coming and had the police call my house from New York. And the guy called and he's like, you know, hi, this is a police in, you know, New York. And I'm like, excuse me? And uh, he's like, oh, I'm just calling to see if, you know, these children are there. And I'm like, well, they will be soon. You know, they're on their way. And, you know, I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm a news anchor. I'm getting up. It was like midnight. I said, I'm getting up in a few hours to do the news. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't understand, you know, why you're calling me from New York. And he's interrogating me over the phone. And uh, the, just things like that. And then, like, uh, you know, the police or uh, attorneys coming to school to question them then about, 
about that trip and about various things. So that stuff backfires on you. Your children will grow up and they will figure out what you did. Mm -hmm. And her daughter has not spoken to her now in about five years. Mm -hmm. And my nephew rarely speaks with her and didn't go see his grandparents at Christmas because at the last minute she made a trip to go there and he found out and decided not to go. So what you do is you destroy your own relationship with them, but you Mm -hmm. harm them exponentially by doing that to them as children because they need to be friends with both of their parents. So stop trying to take out your anger on someone else through your children because the only people you're hurting are your children and ultimately yourself when they turn on you. No, absolutely. When I um, I went to school to be a divorce and child custody mediator, and that was the whole thing is, you, you know, you, I loved how you just said, Michelle, that you, you still love your ex-husband as a father of your children. And I'm like, when I was going to school and we would talk to people and it would be like, well, you loved that person at one point. Remember back to when you loved that person. Mm-hmm. And and your children, that's still their dad. That's right. still, you know, you say these bad things. You have things. to put their, the, the good exactly. of the child before yourself. It's, it's, it's all a power trip. That's all it is when people are doing these things. It is. And when you criticize the other parents, I mean, you don't realize it, but you're actually criticizing your child. Absolutely. I mean, that's a piece really. of their, that parents. Right. Yes. And they internalize everything you say about them. Absolutely. Um, but it happens. It's too common. Yes. Um, well, yeah. thank you for being the exception because mm-hmm. it, it's so refreshing to hear. And, uh, you know, obviously, if you're divorced, that part didn't work out. You don't have to dwell <laughs> on that, right? It's like, okay, what do we love about that person? They're great, great parent. You know, you said he's a great dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. All around good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Monique, you were going to say something. What were you going to say? Yes, Monique. Did you forget it? <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I know how it is back to, you know, your children getting in the car. And Mm -hmm. I have two in high school. And it's like having that open relationship where they can talk to you about anything. Mm -hmm. And then um, them wanting to bring their friends in where this friend is having a problem. Can she come over? And we just love on her. So... Like you were saying, Angie, I think it's good not to only talk to our kids, but be there for those kids who don't have that. Most mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. Yeah, and have I that want that house that's welcoming to the kids that you know are hurting, so they have a place to go. I'll never forget a woman who was in ministry that had a bunch <laughs> of kids, and she talked about one uh, kid that was at their house all the time, and she talked about um, one of the parents dying, and the kid got a call at their house. And then late that night, the kid came back to their house and asked if they could, they could stay there because that child felt so much love because the parents were so busy and so gone mm-hmm. so frequently mm-hmm. that they felt the most love at someone else's home where they were welcomed. And, you know, we, we want to have those homes where the kids can come over and hang out at our house and, you know, go to events with us or like the Wednesday night church that, you know, my sixth grader goes to with some of his friends, including that boy that, um, you know, was going through so much at home and had lost uh, both of his parents. Um, you know, we want to welcome kids like that into our circle and make sure that they know that there's a place they can go and someone they can talk to. Yeah, safe. Yes, we do. That's safe. Yeah, that's a, they, we all just want love. That really is an acceptance. And we all deserve to be loved. Amen. Oh, yes, we do. 
right. So I want to, uh, we've talked about this young man with Down syndrome, and uh, I want just want to play a little bit of this. This is him talking to Congress. Now we talked about the team with Down syndrome inspiring the basketball team, but some countries now are saying that uh, the the Down syndrome is no longer something that they or society um, is dealing with. It's not because Down syndrome went away. It's because they're terminating the pregnancies of the babies with Down syndrome. So that's why some countries now are saying they no longer have babies being born with Down syndrome. And this is a man speaking to Congress, and I was so touched by what he had to say. So I think this is one of the congressmen introducing him first. Down syndrome research and uh, on behalf of the families that uh, deal with the issue. So, Mr. Stevens, you're recognized for whatever opening comments you care to make. Mr. Chairman. And members of the of the of the committee, just so there, there there is no confusion, let me say that I, I am not a a a research scientist. <laughs> However, no one knows more about life with Down syndrome than than, than I do. Whatever, whatever you learn today, please remember this. I am a man with Down syndrome, and my life is worth living. So he goes on to talk about something that he and his friends with Down syndrome bring to the world. And this is something I so appreciate about my friends with Down syndrome, is they bring happiness to the world. And he said, and that should be worth something. And he said it's been, um, they've done studies on people with Down syndrome and their families, and they are happier than people who don't have one, someone with Down syndrome in their family. And so, you know, since Jen shared the story about the team with Down syndrome inspiring a basketball team, uh, you know, when they asked me with my kids, because I was an older mom when I had my kids, if I wanted to have uh, testing done to determine whether or not my children had Down syndrome, I said, no, I'm not really interested. He said, well, why not? Knowledge is power. I said, because if you tell me that he does have Down syndrome or she does have Down syndrome, I'm not terminating the pregnancy. So what difference does it make whether I find out now or when the baby is born? Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, so you were just talking about Sweden is actually the country that purports to have eliminated Down syndrome. One of and them, actually yeah. they just they just abort all the people with Down right. syndrome. But now in Wyoming, you can't get an abortion if you have Down syndrome. Really? But yeah, they've just made this new thing. It was they were actually voting it for the other way because they wanted to do something like Sweden, but then the whole Senate, the Wyoming Senate voted it down and then they made this new bill and it says you can't have an abortion if you find out that you have Down syndrome. So, I think that's kind of a weird Dichotomy, a weird thing right? It's mm -hmm. going but, kind of both ways, but I also think it's kind of cruel to say that they've eliminated Down syndrome when they just abort well, them all. Well, Iceland had also said that they eliminated Down syndrome, and the actress Pat Patricia Heaton, remember her from mm -hmm. Everyone Loves uh, Raymond? Mm -hmm. uh, she tweeted about it, and it says, um, Iceland isn't actually eliminating Down syndrome. They're just killing everybody that has it. Big difference. Amen. Right. Amen. A huge difference. So, yeah, and, you know, one of my friends was, um, her daughter has spina bifida, 
And well, let me just start by saying she has knee braces or leg braces, pardon me, that my kids never even saw when we went to the zoo with them. And I had told the kids, hey, you know, uh, she has uh, leg braces. She might walk a little bit differently and, you know, don't draw attention to it or whatever. And then later they said, mom, she didn't seem any different than we are. She goes to public school. She does well in school. So anyway, when my friend um, uh, was told that she was in her early 20s, she didn't really understand what spina bifida was at the time. And uh, they told her that her child had spina bifida and then the OBGYN asked her when she would like to schedule to terminate the pregnancy. She asked her when you would like to schedule the abortion. When would you like to terminate the pregnancy? And she didn't know that much. So she went home to like research and she changed um, her doctors because imagine a young girl who's married just being told like, okay, let's get this scheduled. And here she is in public school doing fine and walks and runs with these leg braces. Right. It's ridiculous to me that that doctor actually just kind of put it on this young woman like, okay, it's time to terminate the pregnancy. Really? Like, wow. could she gather some information before you, you know, push that on her? Right. It's shocking to me that that would be, like, the first response, you know, to her. Yeah. Another one of my friends, by the way, had conjoined twins, and they also tried to schedule the termination. The girls were attached by a little bit of skin on their rear end. They separated me. them immediately, and the girls are in their teens and doing amazingly well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Can you believe that? All right, I'm Angie Austin. Michelle, you're in real estate. What's your website? Yes, um, www.porchlightgroup.com. Porchlightgroup.com. There's no www.http. Backslash. All right, Monique, yours? It's ohair.net. A really cool extensions. All right, Jen? Livingyourpotential.com. Live it. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. YMCA of the Rockies is the place to take your family this spring. It's like a destination vacation in your own backyard. This year at SS Park Center, we have a family mountaineering and backcountry weekend scheduled for March 1st through the 4th. We'll be hosting family snowshoe hikes, backcountry ski meetups, outdoor winter survival trainings, winter ecology hikes, and much more. We'll have guest speakers, excursions for every level of experience, and demos by popular mountaineering equipment brands such as Loa and Montbell. Visit ymcarockies.org for more information. That's ymcarockies.org. Welcome back to the good news. We are going to interview the author of 10 Things a Husband Needs from His Wife, Everyday Ways to Show Him Love. Aaron Smalley is the author. And also joining us, the good news gals that you'll hear pipe in with questions. Uh, authors, speakers, businesswomen, uh, Monique Davis, uh, Jennifer Bishop, and also Michelle Betts. Welcome, ladies. And welcome to you, Aaron Smalley. 
Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So give us in a nutshell, what is 10 things a husband needs from his wife, everyday ways to show him love? Kind of give us a nutshell version of the book. Sure. You know, what it really, the the original idea was really just to encourage women um, just to take advantage of these opportunities we have in our marriage to strengthen it and to influence our husbands. And so just really simple chapters with topics that apply to each and every marriage with encouraging prayers at the end for your husband and for you just to motivate you to really look at the opportunities we have within our marriage. I love some of your chapters, too, about value his differences, like when my husband <laughs> likes to pin the kids to the ground and wrestle them and make them scream, and I'm like, really, with my 8-year-old daughter? Like, do you need to do this right now? Like, I already have a headache. you got to get her screaming as you tickle her on the, you know, the floor. Just like, you know, valuing their differences. I think so many of us wives are so controlling of our husbands that we won't let him take care of the kids while we're gone. And, yeah, he might feed them macaroni and cheese with sliced apples in it, and they're wearing their swimsuits underneath their dress when we come home as you know like an undergarment and I'm like it's a swimsuit uh, but we, they're still not they're in still, the summer yeah but they're but they're, but they're still fed and they're still happy when we get home they just do it differently and I think we need to as you put yeah. it value differences there's so many of your chapters here you know that I agree with so let's go over some of the things that you try to teach us in 10 things a husband needs from his wife sure go ahead you, oh I'm I'm laughing because Valuing his differences, everyone can relate to the scenario you just gave. Mm-hmm. And my bottom line became, are they alive? Right. <laughs> and are they happy? Are alive when I get home? And that's awesome. So <laughs> I'm laughing at, at that because I think everyone can relate to that. Yeah, and we, and, don't give, and we don't let them take care of the kids because we think we do it better. No, it's different. It's not necessarily it's better. Yes, and there's so many differences that we come across. When it comes to our husbands, you know, there's gender differences, personality differences, just preferences. And it is so important to recognize that our way is not always the only way. We might think it's the best way or the best way to perceive something, to think about something, but there's different ways of looking at things. And, you know, and also just looking at what he brings to the table, my husband brings so much balance to me. I am high extrovert, people person, relational. He is much more an introvert, quiet, uh, even keeled, and so he brings so much balance to me. So I think often we see these differences as a problem, but really they're actually a gift in our Mm -hmm. marriage. Mm -hmm. You also talk about um, the benefit of the doubt. I think that that's another thing we need to give our parents, our our, our parents, our uh, our husbands, our (laughs) spouses, uh, the benefit of the doubt. And I would rather assume the best um, rather than the worst about their motives or their actions or something they've done. I think sometimes we're much too hard on our husbands. And certainly in media, you know, when you watch, uh, you know, uh, primetime television, they often make the husband out to be the buffoon, the Mm -hmm. doofus, the butt of a joke that can't do anything. And I don't really think that is a way to uplift the men in our society to make them the butt of every joke on, you know, on, on television. And I think then as wives, sometimes we tend to do that as well and not give them the benefit of the doubt. Right, right. You know, I did a one-hour webinar last week on just um, giving your husband the benefit of the doubt. And it was so great because it's something when we become aware of how we're actually seeing our husband and the lens we're looking at them through, 
is often a negative one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so often in a moment, sure, he might show up, you know, self-centered or preoccupied or however. But when we step back and we look at who is this man that I've been married to for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, is that really who he is? He might be in this moment, but is that really who he is all the time? Usually we can step back and go, you know what, no. He's a great guy. He loves me. He loves our family. And, you know, I can give him the benefit of the doubt because I know who he really is. You know, uh, I think another thing that's gone by the wayside, I think, in especially in non-Christian circles, is just respect for men and their leadership role. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I've had a couple of in- instances with friends um, in the last couple of years. Uh, one where um, my friend was complaining about her husband, who, by the way, is an extremely good provider. He's very handsome. He's smart. and She travels the world with her kids. So as she's complaining about him, I said, you know, I have to be honest with you. Women would line up to marry our husbands. We need to be a little more mm-hmm. appreciative of them. I don't think she liked mm-hmm. that, but I think we take them um, for granted and don't mm-hmm. give them sometimes the respect that they need. And another friend of mine, I'll never forget this example, she was um, upset with him because he hadn't gone for some kind of a raise or a promotion at work, and uh, uh, she was kind of belittling him because he hadn't been aggressive about going after this promotion. And, you know, women who manage their husband's careers behind the scene and then bring them Mm -hmm. down a notch. I just couldn't Mm -hmm. believe that she was telling him, well, no wonder you never get promoted because you don't do blah, blah, blah. And I said Mm -hmm. to her, you cannot talk to him like that. That will not encourage him. Uh, That is not respectful. And sometimes my friends don't want to hear it. Mm. Oh, I, I bet they don't. But what a good friend you are, because often we need to remind each other of how this is really coming across. Um, Often we'll be so self-righteous that, you know, we're upset and this is the right way they should be doing this. And the truth is he has been given this this leadership role within our marriage. Ephesians 5.23 says that he is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. And But the bottom line is that I think it's been one of the most misunderstood things in our culture, Mm -hmm. what submission is, what respect is. And therefore, I think as women, we... We want to run away from this and turn the other way because we don't want to hear anything about it. But submission is not blind obedience. It's not being silent or denying your opinions. It's not abusive. It shouldn't be demanded. And it's not manipulative. And so really, amidst this, how do we have a soft heart that is, it's, it's, a, it's a choice that we make in our heart to submit unto the Lord. And really how that shows up in our relationship with our husband is that, we are respectful of his position. We are respectful of him as a person. And, you know, really there's many different ways to look at it. And one author says that sub means under, which is you're under a mission or an assignment together. So it just is, there's different ways of looking at it. And I think we have to encourage each other, like you're doing with your friends, you know, to really take a look at how are we showing up. In specifically around respecting his leadership. Well, and one thing I want to add, and I want to open the floor to the good news gals to ask questions as well, but um, one thing that I know you've heard time and time again, I'll give him respect when he earns it. How about we just mm. respect them and they'll rise to the occasion? Yeah, that you know what? They are respectable because God says they are. And when you look in God's Word, it says that, you know, we are made in his image, and specifically Scripture says he has put him in that role. So if you begin to respect him and be very intentional about that, you never know what 
is going to come out on the other side. As well, far but, as and the world, though, up. teaches us, Aaron, like when they hear, if you looked around this room, we are not shrinking violets. We are not like <laughs> wimpy women. We are strong women and yes. we're professionals. Yes. But the world would tell us that, um, oh, please, those Christian women with their submission mm-hmm. and that, you know, they're just doormats yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Were you, you're nodding, Monique. Because I had um, a girl call me one day. First, she texted me, and she wanted to start on a blog. And she wanted her first blog to be about submission. And I told her, I said, well, you really need to understand what submission is Mm -hmm. before you write about it. And she was like, what do you mean? And I had just gone through, I've written a book as well. And I, I had, it's not published yet, but I had just gone through this whole thing where God took me through, my husband had just retired from the NFL. And we, he was trying to learn where, he fit in into the equation Mm -hmm. and I was trying to learn where to include him Mm -hmm. and so not just you know in life but the daily stuff that I was so used to doing and you know where does he fit in into all of this so I went to the only thing I knew how to do was go to God and God was like you know he took me to things in the Bible and submission to me how God put it to me and I told the girl it's it's not about your husband you're looking at it the wrong way um, mm-hmm. As Christian women, we should look at it as our our obedience to God because mm-hmm. that's what God said. And so that's how I look at it. So by submitting to God, like you said earlier, that's the whole thing. You going beside your husband like Eve was created to be a helpmate to Adam, going beside him and undergirding him in prayer. It's not mm-hmm. about, okay, let me, you know, my husband is my master. or No, your husband is the leader, but you are his helpmate. And so mm-hmm. your job is to undergird him in prayer. Mm-hmm. I love that, Monique. That's, that's such a great way to look at it, that it is, it's about us and how we show up. And, you know, it's not that he is going to make all the decisions or that it puts him in this authoritative, you know, role. We are equals in the marriage, but it is so much the state of our heart and how we choose to show up, you know, how we honor him, how we do pray for him, how do we encourage him, and just recognize that that is the role God has given us. And and that allows him room, your husband room to grow as well, because if if you box him in into in your mind into what you want him to be and not allow God to to create him and make him and mold him into what he created him to be. And that's what I tell a lot of women. God knew what you needed before you knew it. Mm-hmm. So he put you with this man for a reason. If you allow God to make him and mold him into what he created him to be, then he's going to be what you need him to be because God mm-hmm. knows what we need even before we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, you know, I, I say in the book, I so wish somebody would have said that to me in those early years of marriage because I had all these high expectations of what he should be. I wanted him to lead the way I would lead. And that that doesn't work real well because mm-hmm. as a strong woman, um, it looks it would look differently if I was given that role, but I'm not. Right. And so, you know, I'll, if I would have allowed him to try things, to make more mistakes, 
to encourage him when he made a mistake, because that's how we grow. He's a work in progress, just like I am. And you're so right that we have such an opportunity to encourage him to continue to grow into that leader that God created him to be. Well, and it's interesting, Aaron, because you're talking about all of this, you know, um, about, uh, you know, the early years of your marriage, et cetera. And you and your mm-hmm. husband are well known in the, you know, Christian community. And so mm-hmm. I just love it that you're being open about that, you know, what you worked through in your own marriage, because, you mm-hmm. know, your husband works for Focus on the Family. So do you, uh, your mm-hmm. your husband, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Greg Smalley, and that you guys have raised, you know, four children. And so here you mm-hmm. are, uh, well known, uh, Focus on the Family is one of the wo- most well known Christian organizations, I think, out there. Uh, and you've got a degree in clinical, a uh, master's degree, for, for goodness sakes, in clinical psychology. And you're saying, look, in my early years, I really battled and struggled with a lot of these things. And so that's part of the reason that you wrote 10 Things a, a Husband mm-hmm. Needs from His Wife. Yes, so true. Thank you for saying that. And it, you know, we, the majority of what we write on and speak on is what we have, we realize we wish we would have done differently. Mm-hmm. There's things that we know that we've learned, and but it's those struggles. When we struggle with something, that is when we learn and when we grow and we look to the Lord and go, how do you want me to do this? This is hard. And, but that's how he, you know what, he created us to come to him and to seek him. And he, like uh, Monique was saying, he knows just what we need mm-hmm. and he's faithful and he will show up. And then we can share it with others to encourage them. You know, on the back of your book, I think some of these just short little snippets are so valuable. Build his self-esteem by giving him affirmation he won't receive from his friends or from the world, for that matter. Encourage him to grow by noticing what he does right, not what he does wrong. Help him bounce Mm. back from mistakes by providing the space and support he needs. Create a cycle of care for each other rather than a list of obligations. And forge a bond through which then he hears and values your messages. You know, my husband said Mm -hmm. to the kids the other day, and I was so appreciative of this because I joke around that we had a Disney World marriage for the first 10 years. We're, I think, 13 years in now. Disney World, you know, the best rides. All the characters are perfect. (laughs) All the trees are trimmed just right. I mean, I am telling you, my friends even joke, like, well, you guys never have problems. Then my husband started a startup, and then our marriage turned into Lakeside, which here, you're from, you know, you're from Colorado Springs, so. You might have heard of it. Like some of the rides are missing the seats, right? A little rust. (laughs) It needs a paint job. None of the trees are trimmed. They put yellow caution tape around the rides when they're not working. But we're back towards Disney World now. But during those three years when he was getting the startup and getting it to go public and everything's going great now. But during those three years, the pressure and stress on him was so much that he had the different personality, more controlling and ready to erupt, more grumpy, anger. Even the anger might have been depression because of all of the pressure on him and I realized that so I told the kids I'm like daddy gets more free passes right now because this isn't the real daddy this is the this is the startup daddy (laughs) you know so startup daddy gets more free passes for his behavior because startup daddy needs our support oh that's awesome I love that because not only are you taking a stand in your marriage but you're influencing your kids to see that you know what grace we've got to give each other grace amidst difficult seasons and that's not who he is. This is, he's a wonderful, godly man, and he's got some stress going on right now. Yes. And I think grace is just such a gift that we can give each other. Michelle's got a question. Um, Aaron, actually, no, I've got more of a comment. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to expand on what Aaron and Monique were saying. Actually, what you said, I love the lakeside comment. Um, wow. <laughs> but um, <laughs> actually, I think my eyes have been opened up a little bit 
on the submission piece because I have always been one of those that I'm like, submit how? You know, because I'm not going to be, you know, I'm nobody's maid. That's not happening. Um, but now I kind of, I, I get what Monique, I get what you were saying. And I think that um, submitting is more like putting pride or your needs to the side for a second and thinking about the greater mm. good and saying, mm. what does the family need? Or what do we mm. as a couple need for us to be happy together and to be good functioning parents and to be good leaders and in our community? And it's hard to put ourselves second. You know, Jenny, mm -hmm. you've been married almost 30 years. We're almost out of time. I want to make sure you get your comment mm -hmm. or question in for Aaron. So thanks, Aaron. Uh, yeah, so my, my husband was diagnosed with ALS 16 oh, years wow. ago. And I will tell you, that really put us in a tailspin because oh, I bet. he shut down emotionally, physically, you name so it. Depressed. It, it, he was depressed. Well, yeah, they said, you're, get your affairs in order. You only have a couple of years, which ended up not being true. But, I mean, that what, mm -hmm. she had to take the leadership role. And it was hard. I was like, God, what are you trying to say here? Am I supposed to be the, quote, kind of man of the family? No. No, no, no. We still needed to respect yes. him and let him be the leader. Yes. Aaron, I wish we had more time. Ten mm. things a husband needs from his wife, everyday ways to show him love. Aaron Smalling, what, what, what a ble blessing, Aaron, to have you on the show. Uh, your website, Aaron? Yes, AaronSmalling.com, and you can get lots of resources, FocusOnTheFamily.com. I just love being with you. I want to come back and chat with all of you. Well, we'll have you back. Thank you so much, Aaron. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Have a great day. All right, I have Melissa. She's an ambassador with ARC. You know I love ARC. I get great deals there, but the money goes back to the community and helps so many people. Melissa, tell me about ARC. ARC is just an amazing foundation who helps people with intellectual disabilities, and it's just amazing. I love working there. I've worked there for almost five years. Well, and I feel like there's a family environment there. Now, when I shop at ARC, we always say shopping with a purpose. So let's say I spend $10 at ARC, but how does it help other people? When you buy stuff at the ARC, it helps people with intellectual disabilities. It helps the community. I like working at the ARC thrift store. It's really fun. So well, I think you have such a fantastic personality. I think one of the best things about ARC are the ambassadors like yourself because I think you guys are the heart of the organization. And I find so much positivity and encouragement. And I want ARC to come to my house with a truck. What do I call? You call 303-238-JANE. Again, the number is 303-238-JANE. The website is arcthrift.org. Again, it's arcthrift.org. You rock, Melissa. Thank you for coming in to talk to me about art. Hello, hello, hello. Producer Dave is sitting in for Angie Austin. Welcome back to the good news. Um, uh, we want to do something uh, pretty special today. We haven't done this with these people yet. Um, uh, our good friends Doug and Leslie Gustafson from Authentic and True are here. And, uh, Hi. We, Hi, how Whoa. are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? And um, we, we've we've had you in on several shows, and we've talked kind of about what you do, mm -hmm. but we've never really gotten into and had spent any time talking about what you actually do. So why don't you tell us, <laughs> tell us, you know, what your whole mission is, how you got to this today, and how people can get a hold of you in case they need some of your help. Sure. Sure. Well, I think our mission is to bring authentic authenticity and truth into people's lives and help them through counseling and coaching um, become who God intended them to be, whether that's a married couple or an individual. We have the privilege and honor for between us over 60 years helping countless people. Most of them mine. 
and my <laughs> humble partner chimed in. <laughs> it is a privilege, though, and, and uh, so we see people with all kinds of struggles, all kinds of challenges, and and uh, you know, oftentimes we are blessed with faith-based people in our practice too, where we can incorporate really what God says about growth and the joy of knowing Him and what it means to to really uh, live out life to our our fullness. But you know, sometimes things get in the way, ditches we step into, problems we've had we may not mm -hmm. have solved over the years, and and so oftentimes you know we get to even share a case together. Mm -hmm, where, a lot. Yeah, quite a, quite a bit actually. So we're both marriage and family therapists. We do coaching also, and we... Um, and I have a specialization in sexuality, yeah, which Angie loves to hear me say every time I'm on. <laughs> yeah, she I blushes like to watch every time. You can't see on the radio. She a thousand colors. <laughs> no, but you said all... I'm sorry. You said all kinds of problems that you yes. help people solve. Now, a, a lot of people have problems, and a lot of people think they should just try to deal with them on their own. What kind of problems... What what is you think a sign that somebody can be looking for in their own lives that would make them want to call you? I think any kind of struggle with mood that's unrelenting and lasting too long, loss, grief, feeling stuck in your career, feeling stuck in life, feeling conflicted in your marriage, having that same old fight too often uh, is a good sign that you need some help and assist. Sometimes but it, really, addiction issues, addiction issues, food issues, um, anxiety issues show up a lot, stress and anxiety in this day and age for sure. Uh, but besides that, you know, to be preventative, so often we come crashing in when we're in the worst crisis, particularly in marriages when they're almost on the edge of divorce, whereas it's really okay to just seek out help when you want to become more or you feel like your life isn't what you're longing for it to be. So it doesn't have to be a catastrophe. No, in fact, it's best if it's not. Yeah, But I think to piggyback on that, we do see a lot of couples in our mm -hmm. practice, uh, most of them married, but not always. And uh, we have the, the joy and privilege of helping them get past places that they're really stuck so they can't experience anything better in their relationship because they, they have some obstacles that have prevented them from being close, from communicating well, and and they just need to realize that marriage and, and be, uh, can be a wonderful thing. And, and it, it really feels like once you come to you encounter some of these problems, all of life comes to a screeching halt. Yes. Yes. Yes, particularly when they're on the extreme end or there's been an affair perhaps or a betrayal or a breach of trust or disillusionment. I mean, we all start out in marriage pretty yay. Um, but the road of marriage sometimes is sure. fraught with circum circumstances you didn't expect or crises or just life change. I like how you said that, though, David. Things do come to a screeching halt sometimes with those big ticket items. But sometimes there's a, a big halt in your life because there's just something you need to solve and get out something of the way you and can't grow get. through. Right. So, okay, we only have a couple of seconds left, but I want everyone <laughs> to I want everyone to know how to get a hold of you. But I want everyone out there to think if you have any problems at all, if you think that you are experiencing any kind of slow it down in your life and you're just not achieving the goals that you want to achieve, please call Doug and Leslie. They can help you if you have any kinds of problems. Will you tell us how to get a hold of you? Yeah, authenticandtrue.com is our website that has free resources. It has connections to all our social media. We are giving away free content, help, support, inspiration, and education as many places as we can for you. So that's the landing point and you can launch from there. Thank you very much Thank for you. doing this with us. And 
Anybody, please, if you need some help, if you have any kind of struggles, please go to AuthenticAndTrue.com. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.